Um, so that, yeah, uh, Philip K. Dick loved the Paradiso. That's what kind of saved him. Um, yeah. Like, uh, according to Timothy Archer, like that book, um, which ends up being the third book of the Vallis trilogy, um, that's what he was reading. It, it, the character, it's not really him, it's a woman in that, in that, uh, in that novel, Transmigration of Timothy Ar- Archer. Um, Angel, uh, Angela Archer, I think she's called. Um, and, uh, she's got the same tooth infection and she's having these visions and she's reading the Paradiso. Um, and so that was the exact same circumstances that Dick had when he had his, his insane revelations, like the, 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 the peak of his life, you know, where he had the, uh, um, he, he had this infected tooth and he was reading the, the paradise and this woman came to the door and had the fish necklace on and, Later, he got zapped by the pink light and, and all of that, you know, um, two, three, seven, four stuff. But uh, so so, uh, yeah. If you get a if you get the chance to read the Paradiso, I, you should. Well, you should read the Purgatory. Just get it go all the way up. So I ha- it was a class. So I was taking like a medieval literature class, and we did just the Inferno. Mm. I think. I mean, every now and again. If um, there's a good translation that pops up, and I know this is something that we may end up doing, I'll just kind of like get it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like okay, this is this this is a good price. I don't know if we'll we'll ever get here, but maybe just in case, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab this up. I may have, yeah, I may have all that whole thing. So that's what's fun about the book club is that, like, uh, I like that the moment is as much of an influence as anything. You know? Say that again? So, like, that the moment plays just as big a role as anything. It's not like we're working through a list. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is on the list right now, but, um, you know, maybe next season it really isn't on the list maybe it'll come back on the list i don't know yeah that's that's kind of how i do my reading in general i just have a whole pile of books that i'd like to read at some point and then uh but then then just just the path sets itself you know and uh, from one book to the other it just sort of naturally naturally happens and and ends up ends up fitting in personally though like the things that i'm really that I really engage with. I'm just going to blaster those no matter what. But some mm-hmm. of these more challenging things, like I need the commitment of, okay, we have this future date. I, I'm responsible, to, like a class where I'm responsible to do my, my share of the stuff and it's due at this time. So like, that's why this is fun for me because there is a little bit of suffering involved, like, especially, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah. like I, these are hard books. They're not easy books. No. Yeah. That's, it's, it's great that there's a challenge involved too, but it makes it all the more worthwhile because if it's challenging, it's probably because the author has put so much work into it himself and so much, 
intentionality into it. And so because of that, you can find all of these ideas and images and symbols and, and allusions to the past literature and everything else, you know, so it makes it, it, makes it all the more richer. Well, um, and then especially if they're putting so much into it, you have to think that you can't necessarily get it all in just one, like your initial go through. Like that's the yeah. thing. I usually have to read them twice before I begin to really, you know, respect the amount of craft, I guess. And then sometimes they don't really open up until you read another book that they may have been influenced by. And then once you read that book, it's like, wow, oh, now it makes sense. Now the thing that I just read makes a lot more sense. Um, so it's, yeah, it's like an ongoing process. I always see it as just, it's just, it's just one big book, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just uh, it, all of literature is like that, you know, um, including poetry. That's something we haven't done, um, with, which might be worthwhile with to do Borges, at some point. With the Borges, we flirted just on the periphery of poetry. Um, which one? Which, Bor which with of the Borges. Yeah, which one of his short stories? Oh, um, just, just in general, because he wrote both short stories and poetry is what I'm... Oh, but yeah, uh, a few of the authors that we uh, we looked at have, you know. Um, but uh, it'd be it'd be great to. Uh, well, I don't know if it'd be great. You, I don't know how many people would like it, but if we poetry's uh, at least it goes faster usually, you know, unless it's epic poetry. But uh, um, you can read it. You can read it pretty quickly. But there's still a lot to talk about um, because it's so it's so condensed. Like that's that's what poetry is. It's just uh, it's language packed with meaning. Yeah, I mean, it seems like some of the things that work well, though, are the the things. Well, if it's too much, it's hard to like really be able to. So, like uh, with the Don Quixote, there was so much going on. Like we need to talk about it multiple times to really cover the whole the whole ground. Yeah. But yeah. then with the Borges, it felt like maybe we needed to just focus in on two or three stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah his stories are so uh, so packed, anyways. Even though there was. Thematically, there there's similarities all through his work. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's another reason why I, I like House of Leaves so much is that it uh, refers to all these other things like Borges and uh, um, like even even things like Moby Dick and uh, we haven't done Moby Dick yet. But, uh, I th I think uh, Don, Moby Don Dick. Quixote. Yeah, but Moby Dick was one of his north stars in the whole project, I think. Or like yeah, definitely. The, there's a lot of Moby Dick in that book. Yeah, I think so. It's like he, it's it's as if he the house is going inside of Moby Dick or something. It's like Jonah Jonah and the whale, which he refers to a bunch of times too. That yeah, just but the way. The way Moby Dick is um, 
there's a lot going on in that book as far as in the front of the book and in the end of the book and you know like in the whale you, you just there's a lot going on to tell that that whole story i've even mm-hmm. said you know it's boring and you know that simulates what it is to be at sea that sometimes it's boring yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like like you were saying that he, uh, Daniel Esky really tried to put all the books in this book like it yeah so um yeah I've been reading I have been re- reading as much well I've I've read I've read quite a few books in the last while but they've all been the they've all been shorter kind of novels not the big meaty tomes that I would read sometimes when I go to work on the train, you know, when I'm on the train, I can just sit and then just read and read. Um, but, uh, so I've been reading books at home, but some of these are interesting. Like, uh, I read, uh, I read a Paul Bowles book. Have you ever read him? Under the sheltering sky. I think a lot of, yeah, that's his famous one. This is a, this is his, the one that I just read was, uh, his last novel. It, which is called Up Above the World. And it it's not as critically acclaimed as his earlier stuff. I've read I've read all his earlier novels. This is the last last of his novels um that I had to read. But uh yeah, it's a good one. It's it's um it's really strange. It's it's I think it's talking about MK Ultra, which which is weird because he published it in uh he published it in '67, and the details, and the details '66, and the details of MK Ultra didn't come out until the early '70s. So, it's uh, it's a very strange book in a way. Um, yeah, the guy uh, tie into. Um, Infinite Jest is the the kind of the main character, the main kind of bad guy in the story is a uh, went to McGill, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, and and so there's the tie-in I thought to MK Ultra, like he's using all these mind control methods, and he was in Montreal at the time. The character was in Montreal at the time when they were doing MK Ultra, um, so I. I, was really, I haven't found any information about this, like how much Paul Bowles knew about that, or but it'd be something to look into. Um, and then one of the other books I read is kind of linked in a certain way. It's uh, it's it's by Somerset Mom, and it's called The Magician. Have you ever come across that one? No, I, it tickles me a little bit. I feel like there was something by that author that I was is that the house of mirth um could be I've never read any of his other books this is the first book I've read which is strange because this is a pretty obscure one but the reason I I got this one I just picked it up at a used bookstore as well is um it's all about Aleister Crowley um the, like the magician in oh. this book is is Crowley and uh, Somerset Mom knew Crowley like pretty intimately. He, he, uh, Crowley's um, wife Rose Kelly, 
which was his Scarlet Woman of the time uh, when they were in Cairo, when when um, basically she was uh, she was the one who channeled the Book of the Law for him in, in 1904. So it's a massive thing, you know. It's this book is kind of her story. Somerset Mom was uh, the best friend with her brother, um, and so it's. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It's kind of a, like an inside view. So you, you read this, and it's it's not just sensationalism about Crowley. Crowley. It's it's like uh, obviously, Somerset Mom had a deep understanding of the occult. Um, so that's I'd recommend this book to anybody. It's a it's a pretty easy and, and an exciting read. Um, but again, it's it's about mind control. Like it's about Crowley. Um, basically using mind control to uh, take this woman as his wife and uh, yeah as you read the book you find out what he's what he's doing with her but uh, it kind of has the 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 idea of the moon child in it like creating this moon child which was seems like this it was an obsession for a lot of people involved in the occult in those days like early 1900s and late late 1800s um, I so think, I think my occult imagination is atrophying yeah you're not as interested anymore I, I don't I, I mean so that yeah I mean I, I, it's, it's not gone forever I wouldn't say but there's something I wonder I feel like we're we're set between two worlds right now yeah how so because we don't know what the reality is going to be on the other side and so oh, I see it. yeah yeah and so like uh i don't have any sense of the the kind of like which which are the spokesmen from the past that'll help us into the new world Mm. You know, like, like, who should we be reading? As far as coping and creating a new reality out of the wreckage of the twenty-first century. <laughs> well, that's the that's the thing. Like, I think we should be reading uh, people who are concerned with those questions of of transformation. You know, it's like you said, it, even how you phrased it, it's almost like a alchemical transformation you're talking about, you know, from one, one state of matter to another. Um, yeah, that's the other thing I've been reading uh, Jung's uh, last work on uh, alchemy, too. And so he's, of course, he's talking about that as well, talking about that in terms of uh, the individual psyche, but also the, uh, the collective psyche or the world soul as well and that seems to be what's going on is there's this transformation of the world soul it's always happening but at, at these certain crisis points it just happens so rapidly like from one one state to another like almost from solid to a liquid or a liquid to a gas that kind of idea um, but yeah maybe those are the people for me I think to look at now is uh 
because at that point, when it changes from one thing to another, um, in alchemical terms, this is how Jung describes it as you're, you're, the way that the alchemists operate is you don't, you don't change, for example, gold right into lead, like transform gold as it stands, and then, and then it becomes lead. You have to break the gold down or whatever you want to transform into the, the prima materia, right? Like the, the original chaotic form of, of things, right? And then from there, you can branch it up and create something else, yeah? I said transform gold in the lead. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> 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 Maybe you would. <laughs> but, uh, but, so that's the thing, right? So you don't, it's not a direct transformation from one thing to another. It's a, uh, you have to go back to pure potential first, um, the pure chaos. But at that point, anything could emerge out of it. Like you might have, like the dark magicians or whoever who run the world apparently might want to, uh, they might have plans to bring it back to the original chaos and, and bring something that they had preconceived into, into manifestation. Right. But, uh, what it means is, is if everything is breaking down, then we all have an opportunity to go from that point to create everything, anything from it, you know? Um, mm. so, so those those authors that are interested in doing that, breaking down things to their chaotic, not components, because it's, it's even, all components are broken down, so it's this chaotic uh, miasma or whatever, and then, and then having something emerge from that, you know? It, I think of it in terms of music, like free jazz, you know, free jazz, just if really pure free jazz madness, where it's just like everybody's just having a blowout all at once. It's like they're taking music down to its absolute um, <laughs> roots. <laughs> For a while, I could only listen to free jazz. I thought every other form of music was contrived <laughs> you know i could all, <laughs> it's like that's the that's the pure potential of music right there um <laughs> so so maybe uh i don't know if that's going to happen to to the world uh, in a way i hope it doesn't because that's the breakdown of everything right? well that's i don't need i mean i'm just having a hard time talking about the world because i realize like we started talking about lenses Everyone has a different lens through which they're viewing reality. And if, if if your lens is radically different from someone else, like you're just not able to communicate. Yeah, that's, that's I see that as part of the breakdown, right? Like uh, in previous periods in history, you would have more of a social consensus on, on what's going on, you know? Like, uh, like World War II... Um, probably most of the people that you would meet would think that Hitler and the fascists and the Nazis were bad and it was right to fight them, you know? Like I'm talking about in the in the States or North America or whatever. Like you might have, you, you might meet some people, probably wouldn't even meet, you might hear of a certain small minority of people who liked Hitler or whatever, right? Or who, who thought a different thing was going on. But most of the people would sort of go with the, the consensus of things. Um, but now, uh, 
Yeah, like you said, everything is broken down. The consensus for sure has broken down. And so we can't, you know, it's really hard to find out anything that's going on, you know, or, or to try to communicate with other people who have different views or even to communicate with yourself <laughs> of, of yesterday or, or two weeks ago, you know. I'm always trying to get back to I don't know, 1995, communicate yeah. with that guy. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, seemed easier then. But I don't know, it always would, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah go ahead. No, I was going to say, anyway, uh, we ended up having a conversation anyway I didn't know if we had a conversation um, I, don't, I don't know you know as far as like a... it sounds like like I was saying how I'm I'm pointed at the things that I want to read you know and I'm going to read those no matter what even during the book club time so like mm-hmm. uh, uh, and Dennis is definitely that way where He's got the things that are, I mean, we're all sync heads, you know, we, we're on our, our themes and threads and it's just whatever media that, whether or not, you know, you're watching a bunch of movies to try and get to the, the er story that animates your moment, I guess, or, you know, for me, it's books for whatever reason, it's, uh, usually there's a series of books that are, if I can just, you know, I start flying through them, gets me close to, closer to the story that's making sense of, you know, whatever it is, my moment that I want to make sense of, but, uh, that's, that said, I just don't know, um, you know, like, uh, when when you throw the world into catastrophe whether or not you know people are you know it's it's not the same thing to say hey let's all read and talk about it <laughs> yeah i know that's that's part of what's happened this, this last season of course oh, it's kind of hard to focus on anything these days yeah that was what was nice about the decameron where i didn't have to necessarily I, you could focus on it but i didn't have to it was just background noise that was fun even though it starts so serious and then it just goes off into frolicking yeah it sounds like dennis is is uh reading or at least listening to uh warlock by oakley hall um and that was a major influence on uh Pynchon. Um, and that's some, that's a book that I want to read as well. I've got that on my shelf. So that's, that's one of my list. Um, that might be an interesting thing. Like I think Dennis is still on a, on a kind of a pension kick. I wonder there's, there's something. So like we were talking about the, the voices that are going to help you create the, the new world or whatever it is, you know, like the, the voices that you want as guides, and so there's definitely some magic in the 60s that we were mining there with uh, Farina and Pynchon and 
they were into this Oakley Hall. Like there was a theme that we were into there mm-hmm. that that I definitely was in, but then I don't have that same headspace anymore. Mm. I was there last summer, you know, with the all the nineteen sixty nine anniversaries that were really happening. So like the there's the Tarantino film and the Woodstock anniversary and the moon landing anniversary and boy my head was in the 60s for sure yeah um yeah for me it it doesn't doesn't matter so much as long the only thing that uh the only limitation i have is do i own the book you know do i have it (laughs) do i have it already because i it's hard for me to get the book and i think it's going to be even hard to order books these days in Japan, um, and I don't, I don't really have time to to uh, um, listen to books on audio either. Um, so if I have the book, I'll, I'm into any period really, because I, um, I don't know my, I don't, yeah, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I, I uh, my view at the moment is just I, I wanna, I wanna look at. Uh, the whole tradition, you know, like uh, it doesn't matter where I tap into. Um, so if it's from the 60s or the 90s or from the 1300s or, or uh, from the Neoplatonists or before that or, or whatever, you know, like uh, um, I've got slots for all of them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy basically with any book that I have already. Um, well so then what about your own pattern so you definitely were a train reader do you think uh, your school work is going to be open in the fall or do you think you're going to be in this new mode of life for an extended period of time yeah I don't know I'm I'm, uh, I start teaching online on the 11th and so I thought all the stuff I have to do online I have no idea how to do it <laughs> you know like for me it's for me it's a completely different world and I don't know if it's a world that I want to participate in um, but I'm going to have to do it anyways so the, it's it's going to bog me down I'm going to like there's I'm kind of dreading it and I yeah Seems like people that I've talked to who are in the same situation, uh, a lot of them are dealing with it better than I am. Um, but uh, for me, I I would much rather meet people face to face, you know. So it's it's hard for me to to think of this this kind of online business. Uh, but I don't know, yeah. I hope it. Uh, I hope it changes in a semester or so. But uh, but otherwise, it doesn't affect my own study. You know, the only thing that affects it is I don't get the uh, I don't get the the long commute where I get to read a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. Thanks for chatting. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it? How's it going at your job and stuff? Is everybody? I've been hearing of shortages of meat and things. Is that? Have you noticed anything like that? Not or? yet. I mean, maybe, no. maybe I wait because it, because it, I'm at a co-op. It we have little regional distribution, and so we don't. I know that that's happening maybe in some of the bigger box stores, or it's beginning to happen, and there might be. It's going to be fine. I think there'll probably be, you know, people haven't started getting creative yet as far as, you know, how that goes. Mm. There's, um, looks like there's been a shortage of butter here. Uh, I don't know how long this is going to last. Like that's happened periodically before where they, uh, I don't know, maybe too much of a demand or something. And then they run out of butter supplies. But it might be different now. I'm not really sure what's causing it because they have a surplus of milk. Because um, I guess restaurants aren't using it as as much. But for some reason, they're not producing as much butter, which is. I wonder about that. Hmm. Well, so like the thing that I'm thinking about has to do more like with uh, the dominoes, where, like, when we, when we went into quarantine everyone just assumed that we would come out and everything would be exactly the same afterwards yeah but you know it's really dawning on people now that that's not going to be the case that you mm. can't shut a restaurant down for a month and then life just resumes like normal like i think even though they're talking in the states like everything they're just turning everything back on it's like i think it's going to come on really slowly yeah but the other thing is, like, when I said dominoes, it's like, okay, so the government's just printing money, but nobody's working. And so there's no tax revenues for, like, municipalities. And so all of a sudden, they're in the situation where they're, they have to start thinking about crunching their budgets and determining what services they can do without because there's no money coming in. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, these, these really hard realities are going to come really fast, I think, as far as, like, what services that they have to do. And then, you know, how how ugly does it really get? Yeah, I'm worried about all the uh, small businesses, like small restaurants and shops and everything else. Like, I don't know how how they're going to be able to survive. I kind of don't. Which is, yeah, which I mean, is like a... I, I you know, hated it if they all get bought up by just the big corporations, which looks like that's might what ha might be what happens. Like, I was reading about the uh, the craft beer industry in the states and, and and how that might be the case with that industry. You know, like a, um, how amazing it was. Like not only in the states, but all all, all around the world for the last ten or fifteen years. You know, all these different craft craft breweries and things and now they can't afford to stay in business um, but same thing with small restaurants and maybe at small bookshops and small bookshops are already suffering under Amazon you know but uh, um, these big companies like that have unlimited credit basically and small businesses just can't compete 
So I, I don't know. I, I hope something really radical stems out of this. I can't see how it's going to happen at the at this moment. Like there's some there's some signs of things happening. Um, I heard your last conversation with the big group, uh, and SJ was talking about uh, um, people getting together uh, with labor organization. You know, um, and that's a that's a hopeful sign. My, my friends are doing that here actually trying to they've got a union they want to get people more people involved in the union and uh um things like that so it, i don't know that's that's one response that might be good yeah yeah uh, that it it's hard for me to be hopeful about anything <laughs> But hopefully, I mean, that, just, there's so much swirling around, you know, like, uh, just all of it. And then, so, did you listen to most of that conversation, or? Yeah, I listened to all of it. Um, I, yeah, I was doing some other stuff, so I just, I just put it on and was listening to it. Because... I, I like that conversation. That was a, that was a good one. <laughs> I don't know if I did because I didn't feel like. I don't know. I just felt like um, like either. I've decided that I'm. I'm only gonna. Like I don't know that there. I don't, you know, the word the the word the word was narrative like. So the media's narrative, and this is the narrative, and this is the narrative, and it's like I don't know. There, there's no narrative. It's just we're making sense of what's happening. And right. so, like from a from a from a human mind, we want to look at the story and try and understand the narrative, and so we'll impose a narrative on something that isn't really, or you know, it's like the seeing faces and things or creating patterns mm -hmm. out of dots and stuff. And I don't know. I think I'm, I'm just really having difficulty with the conspiracy of any form right now. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hear you. Um, yeah. I listened to the last conversation when, like before we did the ritual, I guess it was like when and we. Oh, it was just the uh, it was just the four of us: S.J., you, me, and Alan. And we were kind of, uh, especially S.J. and I, Alan, Alan too, well, all of us, uh, sort of examining the different sides of that. And S.J. at one point asked me uh, what my problems were with that conspiracy theory side of things. Um, and I said at the time it was basically it involves a kind of disempowerment, and I think you said that as well. Oh, um, interesting. And, yeah. But but, uh, but there's so many. I, I was thinking since then, since I listened to that again, that there there are other things involved in that too. Like it's the whole the whole point of it. Like like I spent so many years in that kind of mindset, and you just get to the point where you you can't um. Uh, you can't get to the bottom of anything, you know? And so it's like, uh, for me, it, it just got to the point where I was all confused. I couldn't get to the bottom of anything. You get deeper and deeper into these, into this thing. Like it's, yeah, it's all, 
we're ruled by a uh, a cabal of Satanists who uh, who molest and sacrifice children basically to 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 get extra energy and and all of that you know and I don't necessarily deny any of that you know but uh, but to try to figure that out it's like you can't like if I was to say something like oh I heard the story of uh, Bill Gates who was at Neuschwanstein Castle in Bavaria, the the Walt Disney Castle, and he was there uh, right before he started Microsoft and got and they sacrificed kids in order to uh, in order to gain power for his new business. You know, if 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 I said that immediately, people would believe me. You know, um, and then and then you'd have to to debunk me to say no no that didn't happen then you'd have to go and look at my sources or whatever and then and then people would other people would say well these sources are bullshit they're part of the conspiracy and then the other people would say no that's not true they're not part of the conspiracy and it, it would just go like that forever you know that's that's what happens with it you know and uh i just kind of got sick of that you know i got sick of that kind of uh bottomless way of dealing with things you know? um so I'd much rather, I'd much rather do something like we did the ritual, and I thought that was very uh, empowering in a way. You know, it's like we were actually doing something. Like, what good did it do? Who knows? You know, it did good for me, anyways. Like I, I felt much better after it. Um, but at least we, at least we did something. You know, we we broke out of the narrative, like you said. And the narrative includes all these different counter narratives right now. It's all part of one big narrative. Like all the conspiracy theories are built into the big narrative. Um, but we kind of broke out from that and we, we went our own way, you know. And that's that's what I think it means to be creative, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's sort of been my problem with uh, conspiracy theories these days. I just think it it doesn't go far enough. It just, it just seems like, uh, um, it's kind of boring, you know, like I, I, uh, I, I, I know that whole story already, you know, let's take that as a given and, and then go forward, you know? <laughs> well, so like when I was talking to Alan the week before and I was trying to articulate, cause like, I think I, it's been lingering where like we get into the conversation and conspiracy enters and then I don't feel like I, uh, I'm comfortable, uh, even being in the conversation with it. But, um, when you have like a, a religious worldview and you have like this, this God agent, mm -hmm. I, you know, I was saying you can't, because it's God, you can't know God, but you can interface with God, and that gives your life meaning. Mm. And so I feel like the conspiracy functions in a similar way in that you yourself are empowered because you are engaging with the conspiracy, mm. but it takes so much activity and action and and study and so it's it's like religion in that same way where you're engaging with the conspiracy and the conspiracy is always changing and you can never it's like god in that it's a mystery and you but like you were saying to me it makes me feel so unempowered because that means like if it's god that's ruling the world you know then you can get right with god and hopefully you know 
if there is any any uh, you know way, then if you're living right with God's way, then your life will have meaning and be good. But like in terms of the conspiracy, there's nothing like the knowledge is the only thing that you have. You can't actually because these conspiracies are so powerful, you can't really do anything about it. All you can do yeah. is know about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I say that to my friends over here all the time. It's like, uh, I accuse them of archon worship, you know? <laughs> and it seems like that, you know, it's like he, he's so convinced that everything is just one big agenda and everything is going according to plan in that agenda. Um, and there's no, there's no way to get, to get out of it. To me, that's a, that's a form of chaos denial, you know? Well, Um, I think there is an agenda, but it's like the synchronicity agenda. I think there are all kinds of agendas. And and so it's like, it's, (laughs) it is a narrative and it's a crazy narrative, but no one can predict it. It's like, just, it's the way the river rolls down the, the mountain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you, that's the thing that I, I may have talked about this before uh, with you guys. I'm not sure, but uh, um, that's what happened to me too. Like I was, uh, I was so deep into conspiracy for years uh, after 9/11. Like there was a gap for a while when I was traveling, but then I came back into it. I got onto a computer and the internet and got fully into it all the time, just researching conspiracy. Um, and my, my head was filled with it. You know, my, my whole body was filled with it. I was I was stressed out and paranoid and whatever. And then, uh, for whatever reason, uh, a friend of mine was growing mushrooms. You know, he uh, he ended up growing some mushrooms. And I hadn't had any for, for years. I, I didn't come across any. And so I ended up doing them and then went out. Well, I ended up getting some. And then I went out into the mountains here alone and went for a hike and uh as soon as they came on it was like wow this is what i have forgotten you know this is not under control of anything <laughs> you know it's just it's just a beautiful nature that is is happening on so many different levels and it goes right up to the top and right down to the bottom and everything in between and the details of this are so complex and unimaginable and beautiful the patterns that you see um I don't mean psychedelic patterns on the trip. I just mean the patterns of nature, like the patterns of a leaf or something. It's the, the construction of a leaf or construction of a, a tree or rocks or an animal or anything. You know, it's like uh, this is what I was I was missing. I was I was putting that whole side of things out of my out of my awareness, you know, and thinking that everything has was locked down, you know, that that all of human experience was locked down and it it might be in certain senses like on a political or economic level or social level or whatever but that's uh that's relatively a very small slice of life you know even a very small slice of your own awareness um so that's the thing that that really opened up after that trip in the mountains it's just Wow, there's something else that they have. Nobody has any control over. Like that whole part of my life and part of life in general and awareness and everything else. It's just like a, the slice of 
self-control that the Illuminati have is so narrow, you know, compared to all of this. Well, that's um, what's interesting about so, this this virus is that, like, in my neighborhoods, like, you can just see the life out on the street now because people right. are, they're gardening, they're walking their dogs, they're riding their bikes. Like, so I wonder, like, you hear, like, Alan talked about this a little bit. Um, on that talk was that everyone's lockdown is a little different and the different states have different ideas of what that means but like mm. in 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 Boise the you know you're supposed to take care of yourself you're supposed to go for walks you're supposed to you know get sun you're not supposed to interact with people but you're supposed to and so what that means is in the neighborhoods there's just there's life you know, it's like mm. instead of people going to work in their cars and then coming home and watching TV, it's it's like uh, all those patterns have been interrupted and now they have all this time. And so like they're sitting on their porch in a rocking chair or, you know, yeah. you know, like that, that it's that whole uh, what you were saying about the, the different the new patterns in nature, like. Yeah, I, I kind of wish it could be more like that. Like, I, there's sometimes there's some part of me wants the internet to get shut down. <laughs> you know, like we wouldn't be able to have conversations like this. You know, but uh, imagine that. You know, like it would it would destroy everything. I guess. You know, like finally. But uh, but <laughs> what what kind of peace, mental peace, would happen in a certain way as well? You know. Maybe, like maybe it would just provoke mass panic, you know, but uh, I, but there's so much of my own time that's just spent online and thinking about things online. Um, now I have to do my job online and uh, everything else, you know, I just, just feel like getting away from it, you know, like just uh, stringing up my hammock and reading books and playing with my kids and like that, you know, like even if I couldn't go anywhere. Um, yeah. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, definitely what you said. Um, you, I've heard reports of that all over the place. Like not not just media reports of animals out in the street or whatever, but just like talking to to friends from different places too, um, where they notice animals. Like my friend was saying in London, um, he's seen uh, pheasants in the park. You know, <laughs> he's like, when have we seen pheasants in the park in the middle of London before? You know, like things like that. Like. And it seemed like that for myself, and just up in the up in the hills here, it just seems that there's kind of like this uh, awareness of birds and bugs and maybe even trees or whatever that that uh, that the buzz is not happening as loud as it was. I, I'm sure they would notice that immediately. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's something interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how this summer goes. But so you think you could read a book and spend all your time on the internet then, huh? <laughs> I I can wait, say it again. I can <laughs> You could you teach your class online, spend all your time on online, but also cuz I think the tunnel is supposed to be really I'm I'm excited to dig in because I think it's it's all about the beauty of the language that he really is a craftsman with words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. That would be good. 
Yeah, yeah I flipped. I flipped through it. It looks good. Uh, also... No, I, 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 w- I would be able to get it done for sure. Um, I'm, I'm still able to read. Uh, I, there's lots of time because summer's a long time. Yeah, I'm gonna have to be working through. Uh, like the the semesters in um, in Japan are different. They usually start in April. Um, and so they go all the way to the end of July. Um, and, but this, this this season, it's going to be. I start in mid um, mid May, and I won't be finished until almost mid August. Ah. Um, so I won't I won't have that much time, but uh, I'll try to. I I can always squeeze in some reading, some sometime. Well, probably. I'm starting to homeschool my kids too. Like that's it's everything's getting piled yeah, up. Yeah, you're right. And then I've got this book project with Alan. That's he. he <laughs> too. Like. That's that's also right. I was thinking. I mean, it always makes sense with summer to like. Uh, like sometime in early September is kind of like the meeting time. Yeah, late late summer. Early, yeah. early September still works. So I'm. Uh, I'll be off then. I guess. All right. Well. So uh, it's a quiet Saturday. Is it about one o'clock now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should get out and uh, do something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I will send an email and uh, we'll tell. I don't know if this is a show or not. I I never know what's going on. Do you, would you object to that? No, I wouldn't mind one way or the other. It, it wouldn't have to be, I, I guess, um, I mean, it, unless unless you just wanted it for the uh, for the record, um, <laughs> just just to say that we had a a spring spring book club. Well, I mean, I had even written an introduction. Yeah, up to you. Yeah, it, it wouldn't. I I didn't say anything. I wasn't. Uh, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't saying anything too personal or anything. I don't think so. Go go ahead. I mean, so I always agree with you that the more voices, the better the conversation. Generally speaking. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm just worried every now and again for a little book club that sometimes the the strain. I mean, it, it's it's a lot that we ask of people. <laughs> And I don't care if they read. Like, I, sure, that's like this one. I just wanted to tell me what you're reading. What's it about? What's going on? <laughs> but yeah. So I don't. We'll see. I'll I'll send an email and we'll see if we can get those folks interested in uh, the tunnel. Yeah, I hope so. Um, are you are you flexible if uh, if they want to explore something else. They might. Yes, yes, I am. The thing is, they might not be. They might not put their choices forward. It might be hard to. Uh, well, that's the other thing. I, I, sometimes people just want to be told what to do. Right. <laughs> um. But so but I, if, it's uh, so funny because you guys were telling me that you guys wanted to do House of Leaves, and I did not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's your turn now. 
Well, yeah, if you can convince uh, Dennis, especially, he's he's uh, he's kind of a key player, I think. Is uh, is there an audio book of of the tunnel? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, there is, um, and I've I I uh, I bought it and I put it in the Dropbox and I gave everyone a link to it. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll reshare. Um. Yeah, no. If he's into that, if yeah. he's not, and he wants to do the warlock. I mean, I'll, I'll do that too. If, uh, if that's something that you could get into. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in the in the pension headspace. I don't know. I'm like, uh, right after we finished Overstory, I was trying to to find my vibe that I was really into, and I I looked at the Don DeLillo Grant Street one, and then I was looking at Vineland, and. Um, so, so I was just the Mason Dixon thing. I don't know. Like I don't know if if I'm in the mood for like pension right now. I, I bleeding edge. I could do bleeding edge because somehow that talks to my headspace. But yeah, it's a lot shorter too. Like Mason Dixon is a massive text again. Um, I bleeding remember edge. seeing that one in the bookstore. And I was so yeah. curious about Mason Dixon. I, I've got that one too, so that'd be uh, something I could read. Um, I just I I won't be going up to Tokyo to. There's only there's only one big uh, new English bookstore, like where you can buy new English books. Um, there's a couple of used bookstores, um, but you, you never know what you're gonna find there. Uh, but aside from that, like I, I won't be going up to Tokyo, so I'm, I'm, I won't be able to get any new books. And probably through Amazon, I don't know how easy it's going to be to get books through there either. So I'm left with uh, what's, what's on your shelf, yeah. <laughs> which I've got a lot, you know, so it should be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Invisible Man or Under the Volcano or anything by Paul Bowles or anything by Burroughs or... Uh, Kafka, like all kinds of stuff. I, uh, um, yeah, any anything. We haven't done any Russians. Yeah, I've got a bunch of Dostoevsky too, um, and. Um, Do and you have a what's a Les Le Miserables? I don't have that one. No. Victor Hugo? No. That one I might be able to get from a friend. Oh, I don't know. That's a big one. Yeah. I'm curious about it. I don't know. It always pops up here and here and there. One series that I really was... I wanted you to read, but um, it probably won't work now, like what you just said, but the Area X trilogy... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See now, now I want to go back and read everything that you guys <laughs> read before. Yeah. Uh, well, it's what it, were the ones? What were the ones before? Area X and I think the I, first IQ eighty four. Yeah. Um, uh, one one Q eighty four. I guess it is. Uh, uh, 
Which uh, is interesting because it's a, such a famous Japanese writer. I've got I've got some Murakami stuff. Uh, I I don't really like his stuff that much. Uh, it was a great book club book. Um, is it okay? Yeah. Like just, I, I I used to be more into his stuff, but uh, I just felt it was kind of like uh, shallow, in a certain way. Well, I think there's a similarity between him and David Lynch that. Mm, yeah, I could see that. And then there's just enough, like enough plot weirdness and things going on that it was it was fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think the first one was. Uh, man in the high castle. Oh, okay. So I read that. And we also did. Now you're gonna make me look. The Shining. Oh, at, at that I haven't. And The Shining really like. So I have such a love hate thing with Stephen King because I think he's really good. Like psychologically, he is all there, but then his voice feels so juvenile. So he really is. Like speaking in the common tongue, but bringing the right material, so it doesn't feel like high art, even though I feel like psychologically it it is. It's there. Mm. Yeah, I've I've never read any Stephen King actually. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's like E.T. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I feel like. When you're in junior high, you read all the Stephen King. Like that's just the rite of passage. I just, uh, I, I was against all that pop stuff even then. <laughs> I was reading Huxley and Hess. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so he's got a giant series kind of molded on the, the Tolkien, the Lord of the Rings thing. It's called the Dark Tower. Mm. And so that. I don't know. It's too big. It's like a seven book series to like do. Like that would be like a. You would have to do over the course of the year, like a chunk at a time, and I don't know if that that would ever be a a good idea. Um, but. Um, the shi- it seems like The Shining really feels like there's so much more going on than just this, this haunted house. So, like, that was the thing. You know, all the conspiracy people in Room 237, this world that Kubrick is creating is informed by the book. Like, really, mm-hmm. really informed by the book. And there's so much detail in the book that it's not really a stretch. Like, the Native American stuff and, like... Stephen King thought about these things if you know he didn't necessarily explicitly explicitly say you know this is a book about class this is a book about genocide but it's in there and so mm. of course it's going to come out in the Kubrick film mm, mm. so yeah, yeah. I, that's another I, I don't have the prejudice i used to have against stephen king so i'd be into reading that yeah yeah so man in the high castle we did area x 1q84 you missed the recognitions 
We, yeah, that's a book I want to read as well. We need to do it again because it, 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 it's an interesting book. It's all about oh authenticity. You know, this painter who's painting things that are as good as the you know the Flemish masters, and then but what makes it you know what makes it authentic? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the historicity of the thing or. You know why is this thing that looks exactly the same? It it, it was an interesting book, but I, I think we we really just scratched the surface on that one. The Shining, and then you came in for Ulysses, mm. and then we we got bogged down in Twin Peaks land when Twin Peaks was happening. We did two Twin Peaks books, and then it was Pension, Infinite Jest, Mrs. Dalloway, Ada. Borges, Don Quixote, The Overstory, Underworld, House of Leaves. But yeah, it's, a, it's a good run. <laughs> impressive selection. What just happened here? Oh, yeah. 2015. It's five years. Wild. Five years and you didn't miss a season? No. Oh, okay. So this is the uh, this is the first breach. It's not a breach. <laughs> 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 now it's a show. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so it's a best of, a best of or something. <laughs> it's the clip show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I should go then. Uh, yeah. Let, okay yeah. well it's always let a us all, let us all know always a pleasure talking to you Zanar. yeah uh, that's 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 been a great talk anyways regardless of where it goes so it's it's been good yeah it always takes me a million years to edit anyway yeah alan wants to chat again on sunday i don't want to chat with you guys <laughs> i'm done <laughs> <laughs> i i won't be able to either. i got too much work to do um but, uh, no, I, I'm I'm happy that people are getting together and talking. No, it's good. I thought, yeah, it's really good to share our different perspectives. That last talk I thought was really good. Uh, but uh, wow. yeah, I, un I understand your um, your hesitation. All right, Znar, you go off, and I'm going to go to bed. Okay, take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Right.